Good morning to all. It's good again to uh, be here and have the privilege of sharing the Word of God with you. Um, before uh, that, I would like to say thank you for your prayers um, for my journey to Senegal. Came back uh, yesterday. Um, it was a very uh, fruitful time in in Senegal. We always amaze by God's favor and God's grace as we meet with the government officials. Um, it was the visit was in the context of planning for the tree planting project that uh, we've been running in that part of the world for many years now. And the reason we wanted to meet the Minister of the Environment was because last year we faced uh, some difficulties with, uh, with the director of the project who was a bit too bossy. And uh, it, was, it was quite uh, hard last year. He was trying to really um, show that he is in charge and we would abide by his rule. Of course, we do as, as Christians. And in that, uh, we've been suggested it would be good for us to connect with the Minister of the Environment and got really open doors without us even fighting for it. And so it's been so good to uh, to connect with the Minister of the Environment. Of course, you know Senegal is about 96% Islam, so nearly everybody there is, is a Muslim. But uh, we had a laugh with him. He's a Muslim guy and um, very accommodating to what we're doing in in Senegal. And he's even even opening up uh, the possibility of us meeting the president in, in August. Um, the reason we're pushing for that because we want to see more um, accom- accommodations for people who go to plan because we're able to go only with a reduced number. They don't have enough structure to, to accommodate. So we would like to see some more funding coming in. So it's been, it's been good to be there. Even though it's not safe, you know, uh, in Senegal, it's a neighbor with... Um, with Mali, you know what's happening in, in, in Mali right now with a terrorist attack in, in the border. And so it's been good to, to be there again and connect with friends. And I, uh, I stayed with a um, missionary from, from Holland. And uh, hearing their stories as missionary there in, in Senegal is, is quite challenging. Um, they've been uh, talking into... Uh, the recent video that was released by um, by Al Qaeda and um, the ISIS group there, and in the videos actually there are people that they know in in it uh, the hostages, and um, talking about missionary there working in that part is every day you go about your business, especially if you are from Western, you are at risk of being kidnapped by, by terrorists. But that doesn't stop them from serving God, you know. Rather than packing their bag and to run to go home, they would rather move to next door nations. And, and so I was quite challenged by, by that attitude, those who know that um, they can be in the hands of the terrorists the next day, but they don't give up. Uh, they continue because uh, what we are here for is worth uh, dying for. 
So um, it's good to be back safe in England, and thank you for, for prayer. We continue uh, with our series on, on Peter. Um, so today we'll be looking into uh, chapter 2 of 1 Peter. And um, John, of course, has provided some, a bit of information and historical background into the life of Peter and, and the books uh, themselves. So I'm not going to go um, in details like verse by verse um, in, in chapter 2 of, of 1 Peter, but uh, probably would be able to bring some elements of applications that can be an encouragement to us. Peter, of course, we know he's mostly known by his nicknames given to him by, by Jesus. Um, uh, his original name is Simeon in Hebrew, and the translation of that in, in Greek would be Simon. Uh, and then Jesus nicknamed him uh, uh, Cephas, and translated in Hebrew as well, uh, which is Peter or Petros, simply meaning rock. And so that nickname of, of Peter may actually say something about, about who he is, being, being a rock. Uh, something uh, solid, and as we uh, read his his writing, we can see uh, Peter coming up as as a leader, as someone who uh, make the way for for the other disciples. And sometime even in in the Bible, we see Peter being singled out um, because of his uh, leadership ability. You know we. Sometimes the Bible referred to Peter as the, as the order, or the disciples with Peter. He's always been, being singled out in, in that sense. And when we look into, um, a second, uh, uh, the second chapter of, of this, uh, first epistle of Peter, Peter is talking to, um, the churches or Christian in, in Asia Minor. And um, if we look into the broader context of his uh, speech to them, he is basically encouraging them um, in the middle of suffering. And in chapter 2, we, uh, we can see that the book, um, that chapter can be divided into main, uh, three main different sections. Uh, the, first, the first bit could be, um, an invitation to uh, the churches in, in Asia to be as uh, building blocks for the kingdom of God. And, and the second part is to, for them to look at themselves, uh, Peter reminding them who they are as people of God. And being people of God, they have to live a life of holiness. And, um, and then the third part of it is that as Christians, as believers, they need to live in a society in a way that shows respect and honor for everybody and especially for those in, in authority. And those could be uh, the three headings that we can um, see in, in this chapter 2. But... Um, the encouragement that Peter wants to bring to, uh, to his audience is reminding them uh, who they are, their identity in Christ, 
and the purpose of their lives. And, and those could be the, the two themes that would be applicable to us today. Who they are in Christ and their purpose um, in, in their life in the context of them suffering. When, uh, when they face persecutions, when they face uh, hardship, it is necessary for them to be reminded of who they are. And one of the points that Peter is bringing here is that they are foreigners on earth. Uh, being on earth is not permanent. They, they are traveling. And so in that traveling, the suffering and the hardship and the antagonism that they are face, facing is not permanent. It's temporal. It's too good to, to, to remind themselves of, of that. And home is when they would be uh, in the presence of God forever where the hardship is not there anymore. So it's, it's good to have that in mind when you, you are facing um, the difficulty. And the second thing is that they are called to um, express, to reflect God's kingdom, to uh, deliver the excellence of, of God. And so those are the two main things that I would like to, um, to ponder on um, with us um, this morning. And of course, in that context of, of suffering, we know uh, through our church history, there's never been a, a season in church history where Christians are having free ride. There, there is no, no problem. It's always been uh, persecution, antagonisms, and uh, uh, a lot of anti-Christian attitudes. And so what Peter is communicating to um, the Christian in Asia Minor is relevant to us today because uh, in our context today, we also live in a society that is so much anti-Christian. Uh, it's culture referred to it as a post-Christian society or a post-truth and uh, with that, because we stand with a different lifestyle, um, we are going to face people who are ag- against us. And so, and Peter is bringing here clearly a contrast between Christian and non-Christians. And he's, he's bringing this uh, contrast in a sense that they are people of God. Their identity is not uh, in their, their nationalities or their rank in, in the society. Um, Peter is linking their identity to God. They are they are people who have a citizenship which is connected to God because God has called them, God has adopted them, and God has uh, established them to be um, a nation of priests. And, and he is bringing that contrast so that um, the, the believers would see that they are different from those who are surrounding them. And because they are different, their choices, their lifestyle, their ways of living 
is going to pose a threat to those who don't believe in Christ. Um, coming, coming back from, um, from Senegal, um, when you, you use uh, public transport, um, police officers, when they stop the car, they expect you to have fault, you know, to, they, because of corruption, when, when they are on the street controlling traffic, their aim is not really to control traffic, it's just to get some bribe. And so if you are driving your car and you have all your documents and you are a good driver and um, you are just perfect, they, they're not happy with that. You know, they expect to find some, something wrong with you so that uh, they can get some bride for you to, for you to avoid fine, uh, you know. And so if, if all the drivers in, in Senegal are a good driver, you're going to be an enemy to, to the police. And so, and this is uh, the lifestyle that uh, Peter is bringing here to, to the Christian that he is he's talking to is that because they are Christians and they have chosen to live a life that reflects the principles that comes from God and this is going against the ways of life in a, in a society and because of that they need to be prepared that they are going to be facing hardship, they are going to be facing uh, anti- Christian attitudes, and um, and so this should be also um, a reminder for us that as believers, are we meeting in a society things that indicates and that shows that we are different, or are we simply like everybody else? Because. Um, as Christian, our lives should be countercultural. It, if if you were swimming in like like everybody else, I don't mean that for us as believers we need to be to appear to be strange, or but uh, we uh, need to mark a difference. And Peter is saying that you. Before you were not people of God, you were in a darkness, but now that you have tasted that God is good, then reflect that goodness of God in, in your lives. And so he brings that uh, contrast so that they realize that what they do as Christian should cause non-Christian to think. Why? are these guys different and then trying to find fault in them to accuse them because their life is different they don't live like the, the other one be like if you are a driver in in africa always have very good car with all the documents be a perfect driver and such a way that being that uh, then uh, you would cause the police officer that to begin to say, why are christians so correct if if I, I can put it put it that way, so our life as Christians should uh, reflect uh, the goodness of God, and uh, then um, uh, the contrast between us and non-believers should not be in a sense of 
showing off, but uh, that our life would cause problems to think, what is it in us as believers that make us different? And um, and Paul, uh, Peter goes on, uh, if I can get it in here, in chapter, in verse 5, he, he goes on, And say this, you yourself, you are like living stone and are built up as spiritual houses to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God, to Jesus. And so, in, in that contrast, uh, their identity as um, living stone, they are built up together to form the house of God and this calls to to unity and um, Peter is inviting them not only to live that life of of unity uh, living stones to to build a house um, you you would need stones that are different shapes Uh, it's not only uh, one one shape so um, appreciating that uh, diversity and then forming it into the spiritual house of God. And so this, this is an invitation for uh, every Christian that Peter is referring to, that they have their part to play, they have their role to play in uh, participating in that building the house of God. And everybody in his own shape. And even though the shapes are different, but it's, it's a bit like a puzzle that it needs comes together. And everybody taking his position and to form that that building. Of course, for um, for the um, for the church at the time, and especially for the Jew, if Peter referring to them. Um, looking at the grandeur of, of, the, the, of the temple, how big and how beautiful it is, it's, it's an amazing metaphor for them because they take pride in, in a temple and looking at how the temple is, is standing and then realizing that I have contributed into building it, that, that spiritual house, is um, reflecting that um, God... There is something I have that God would want to use. And so, and each one of us today as well, um, our calling is to live that life for God, a life that reflects the excellencies of God, to, to offer our life should be a sacrifice to God. And, and the idea of sacrifice is that something that is dedicated to God, something that is set apart for God. And it, it means that we don't live our life for ourselves. We, we live our life for God. And not living our life for ourselves is a very contrasting thing actually with, with the current trend in a society today. Because the society today is human center. Everything is about me. You know. Talk about human right and right to sin. Right to do whatever I want. You know. And 
and Peter inviting um, his audience to live a life as a sacrifice to God is, is really reflecting what is it in my life that actually is not like a worship to God. And we put it in, a, in, a, in, in our context today is whatever I do, how does that contribute to building the kingdom of God? It is rejecting that, that mentality of, of consuming. It is rather embracing uh, a lifestyle which is God-centered. God's living a life which is, which is God-centered is like uh, whatever you do, you want to see in it something that invites people into the kingdom of God. Something that contributes into building the kingdom of God. And sadly, even the church today uh, has become a bit like a self-center. Coming to church because I want to have good worship. Because I want to have good sermon. I want to have good time. There is nothing wrong necessary uh, in coming to have a good worship. But if, if that is your aim, is so where is that responsibility of a disciple in them? Because we are called to be disciples. So coming to church is not coming for your need to be met, but coming to be equipped so that you live a life that is a worship, that is a sacrifice to Jesus. And as we live our life as a sacrifice to Jesus, then it's going to cause people outside the church to think. Um, I was staying with, um, with that couple from Holland in, um, in Senegal. They've been in Senegal for more than 10 years, and they've never um, bought a car. And they, they can get whatever car they, they want. Um, but they've never bought a car. And the reason that they've started that's not to have a car because they can walk to go on the street to, to get a taxi. And by walking, they connect with local people. And sitting in a taxi, they contribute to the business in that place. And they can have a chat with uh, with with the taxi driver and they, they, these are these are guys who um, they are their children are doctors and so they they can buy a car for them and they've chosen not to have a car so they're living a lifestyle is whatever they do they do it so that they can contribute to the kingdom of God and this this is um, our calling as well as we see this uh, Peter uh, referring to um, to his his audience that um, they should model um, that life uh, that God senses life uh, to those who are around around them and inviting them to uh, live a life of of unity as well and. And I think as a church, we also have something to contribute to our society today where we see so much, um, yeah, I, I would say division, you know. Um, 
nationalism rising up uh, all over, and everybody wants to protect his his own um, right, and and so somehow it's a bit like uh, I want to be by myself, and. Uh, but for us as, as believers, being a, that living stone that is contributing to building a house that is a sacrifice to God, what we offer to, to the society is that we can be diverse but still remain united. And so if there is uh, anything today that would uh, model unity in a society, it should be the church. That uh, by by our unity, uh, we should inspire in order to pursue unity, and then um, and then uh, by inviting them to be good citizens and to be those who honor um, the the leaders, uh, those who respect. Um, Peter is inviting uh, the Christians not to give room to the enemy to uh, take away who they are, to take away their, their identity. And um, uh, I, I like the, the concept of uh, Satan wanting to use people. Um, he he wants to create a reaction and sowing seeds in them so that uh, people would begin to uh, respond with anger or respond in violence. Because what these people were facing, they were facing violence, a bit like what we see today. You know, uh, terrorists uh, targeting Christians and wanting to cause a reaction from, from Christians. And causing that reaction is so that a Christian would begin to act exactly like the enemy wants. And so what Peter is, is saying here is that if people are looking for fault in you, let your good deeds be your fault. If people come in to find faults, you respond with goodness, respond with doing the things that are right so that they can be put to shame. And because the enemy wants Christian to use him as a GPS because if if the, if the enemy has uh, sow his seeds in you and then you begin to react the way he wants, then you begin to follow him. He becomes your GPS with your attitude. We are reaction. You follow Satan's GPS, and Peter is inviting them to avoid that the enemy's. GPS responding in an opposite spirit. We we had that attack in in London or in in Manchester. What is the aim of 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 that uh, of that attack? Is to cause anger. Is is to call to cause fear, and when that is that is caused then you, you respond with that emotions as well because you want to pay it back. That's the, the, the natural human reaction. Wanted to pay it back. You wanted to take things in, in your hands. And Peter says that, think about Jesus. All that he's done is to give his life for order, is to resurrect, is to, is to feed people, is to be kind. That is what Jesus did all of his life. But what did he get? 
he was killed. And he was persecuted. And uh, with all the power that Jesus has, he, he, he could have, in one second, he could have sent fire from heaven and destroy everything. But Jesus responded in meekness. Because he didn't want to fall in a trap of the enemy. And this is the invitation that Peter is bringing to his audience. An invitation to us today that there are going to be opportunities in our lives really to be attacked and to be tempted by, by the enemy. To respond with, with, with that anger. And remember that we are the people of God. And that the Spirit of God in us is inviting us to act in the opposite spirit. Acting in the opposite spirit so that the enemy knows that there is power in the name of Jesus. That I have tried this Christian many times so that they will fall in my trap. I have tried to uh, create anger in them. I have tried to turn, to turn Christian into violence, but I have not achieved because there is something in the name of Jesus. And if we, if we hold into this spirit of, of Jesus in us, we would not even have to fight too hard. I would like to finish by even reflecting on the life of Peter himself. Peter was, his death was predicted by Jesus that this is how you're going to die and it's not going to be nice. But that did not stop Peter from pursuing his calling because he knew that whatever happens to him is nothing compared to the glory that he is going to experience with Jesus when Jesus comes because he is a person of eternity. And he is not citizen of the kingdom of God. And this is who we are. Whatever we face, whatever hardship comes our way, never to fall in the trap of the enemy. Because the spirit of God, the spirit of Jesus is in us. And we are not going to trade that with, the, with, with whatever the enemy comes our way. And so whatever that um, difficulty that we face, it is temporal. We are just traveling and one day we would be in the presence of our Creator and where this worship, this sacrifice would be our daily activity that we would not even have time to think about anything hard anymore. Let's pray. Lord, we want to thank you for the life of Peter and uh, how he uh, think of himself that uh, he's not worth being crucified like Jesus and he's chosen to be crucified upside down. And that prospect of being crucified at the end of his life did not stop him from being your disciple. And Lord, we, we thank you for the privilege that we have to be counted as your disciple. And Lord, we want to continue to be counted as your disciple, no matter what. 
we want to be your disciple up to the end. In Jesus' name, amen.